Welcome to The Swifterhood, a podcast all about Taylor Swift's lyrical genius. Whether you've known from her debut album that she's had a place in this world or her folklore has become your evermore recently, we are here to faithfully and wholeheartedly deconstruct each song lyric by lyric. Happy birthday, Morgan! Oh, thank you. This will not be my birthday by the time you all hear this, but I appreciate the sentiment. And it is your birthday today, though. It is. That's exciting. Yeah, I guess. As you get older, it's not as exciting as it once was. Yeah. 22 years old. How's it feel? Um, Lonely, confused. Happy and free? Happy and free all at the same time. They're happening at the same time. All at the same time. That's that's good to know. <laughs> but, uh, your birthday morning is going well so far. It is. It is. You get to talk about Taylor Swift today. I do. And then have a burger after. So I'm yes. pumped. Yay. Birthday lunch. And also you get to have a nice long workout. I did. That always makes your morning to be able to like go and actually do that. Not rush it. Right. It was mm-hmm. great. What'd you do? 100 burpees? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't even do... Usually, like, the the CrossFit way is, like, to do the amount of burpees that you're turning for your, oh. bur- for your birthday. I mm. didn't even do that because that's too many. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I just did two two workouts. Mm-hmm. I, I like, don't think anyone cares what they were. <laughs> push-ups as handstands. No. Those were not in it. Deadlifting 500 pounds. No, I wish I, I wish I could deadlift 500 pounds, but no. Anyway, today is episode. Um, wait, 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 wait. Oh, 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 sorry. I have a birthday present. You know, for I you. get so awkward about this kind of stuff and this attention. Oh, a present. I had to do it on the air. I probably can't, you shouldn't use the tissue paper near this microphone or Aaron That's might. That's okay. That way they know it's real. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's an all too well notebook. Where mm-hmm. did you find this? Um, on the internet. Oh, I love it. All too well. And maybe we got lost in translation. Maybe I asked for too much, but maybe this thing was a masterpiece till you tore it all up. Thank you, Erin. I love it. You're welcome. Um, and that's I, really weird. I was just singing this song right before. <laughs> You're always singing this song, I though. I know you. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it's it, for the listener, it's an all too well notebook. It has like lyrics on the bottoms bottom bottom of, of every pages page. yes thanks aaron you're welcome i, I love would you give so you a much. hug if we weren't separated by tables and microphones yes <laughs> we can see each other though i know Woo-hoo. uh i appreciate your friendship and i'm really glad you were born i know you don't like the corny stuff but i have I to know. say it thank you i do like the corny stuff i just i'm really bad at um responding mm-hmm. <laughs> i uh <sighs> I think you're a true, true, and I would go to bat for you. Thanks. Um, I'm always in your corner. Thank you. And I appreciate you always being in mine. I love you. I love you, too. Okay. Well, cheers to Morgan and her 22nd birthday. 22. <laughs> um. So, yeah, as you were saying. This is episode 305. Treacherous. And- Treacherous and come back, be here. Exactly. Two amazing songs if i do say so myself they are one more amazing than the other but oh wow okay <laughs> strong opinions apparently there very they're... okay i'm just gonna go into the fearless future we'll get yeah. into that later yeah yeah okay so because things could be treacherous and you could want someone to come back be here 
We are going to talk about family reunification. So there is a network called CASA, and they are essentially a state and local program. They're they're everywhere. They're national, um, but you will have a CASA near you. It's pretty much guaranteed. They support and promote court-appointed volunteer advocacy so that every child who has experience with abuse or neglect can be safe and have a permanent home and the opportunity to thrive. So you can donate to CASA to support their work. And they also on their website have advocacy strategies listed so that you can volunteer and there's different ways that you can be involved like with their mentorship programs and that type of thing. So we're going to link the information for CASA in the episode description. And yes, did you see my CASA 5K superhero results? I did. Awesome job. Thank you. Becoming a superstar runner. You are. So, it was it was 5K, right? Uh, yeah, it was yeah. 5K. That's yeah. great. So um, pretty, pretty happy about that. My running has been a thing that started this year. And, and you're really getting into it. Mm-hmm. Really getting into it. You've been running recently too. Yeah, I have. I, I've, I've, I've always kind of been a runner. Mm-hmm. It's just um, once I started doing CrossFit, it like became kind of like a secondary thing. But I do like running because it just kind of clears your head, and you can listen to music and just like coast. Mm-hmm. Whereas with CrossFit, like you are going to run a short distance and then do some other activity, right? So it's just a different kind of workout. I did yeah. the turkey trot, though. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. And then... Uh, and you've been running with your neighbor and, and Daniel. Daniel. And then I sometimes do the loop from my house down all the way and then all the way up road and then down... Wow, why don't you stop by and say hi? I know. I should. <laughs> oh, I should edit out that road title. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> beep. Maybe I can put a beep over it. Um, and then back up to my house. So I do. A, it's like about a four point two five mile loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four point two zero. Is it that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just... <laughs> okay. Okay. Definitely feeling twenty two. <laughs> uh, Daniel always tries to run the six point six six miles because he thinks it's so funny. I know. And so, um, the day that he had done three hundred and sixty five days of workouts, he was like. I want to see if you can do you, like, do you want to come run with me? And I was like, okay. And I had done that once just to prove that I could. And like the, th- I think the longest I've ran is seven miles at this point, mm-hmm. but I've done the 6.66 once just to like prove to him I could do it. Yeah. And, uh, that day I was like, I don't have it in me. And I got to four and then I was like, I got to go to 4.20. <laughs> I at least got to have a number. That's that's significant. S- something. Yeah. All right. Well, Anywho, moving on to first song, Treacherous. The hidden message or the liner note from the original version was Won't Stop Till It's Over. And in a track by track video, Taylor talked about the song and she said, Treacherous is a song that I wrote with Dan Wilson. And I brought in this idea because I wanted to explore the idea that something could be dangerous and enticing at the same time. But the positive side of that, like, but I believe this can work, you know, it's got this big bridge at the end of it that kind of sounds like a second chorus. It's got all these vocals in the background that say nothing safe is worth the drive. And to me, that says so much more about this album because it. I really do feel that even if something really hurt you, if it made you feel something, it was worth it. 
Then she goes on and says, Treacherous was about a person that I knew from the minute I saw him that it would be that it would end in fiery, burning wreckage. There's something about that magnetic draw that doesn't really let up. You walk towards it anyway. I wrote, I knew you were trouble about the same person. That's the before and after. Treacherous is the before and I knew you were trouble is the after. Treacherous is a song that I'm really proud of. It kind of covers ground that I haven't covered before. That feeling of even if it's ill-fated, you want to pursue it to the very end. Even if we're going down, I want in. So based on our last talk, this song is also about John Mayer. Yeah. And the I was reading on Lyric Genius, you know. Yeah. The reference to Say It With Your Hands, that he has some type of song where he says something about talking with his hands. Okay. And that, um, what's the other line? She says, Gravity. You know, he has the song Gravity. Yeah. So, so I had never really thought about that connection, but it does make sense now that why she put Treacherous right before I knew you were trouble on the album. So it's number three and then it goes to number four. I kind of just thought Treacherous was more like, I never really pictured that she was writing about someone specific, but mm-hmm. apparently she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never imagined who she was singing to in this song because for me, it was always like a really personal song for me. Yeah. And it, cause it, it does have a much more vagueness to it. Uh huh. Like it's, it could be applied to multiple partners like that. you have that fiery feel about that. Mm-hmm. Like that first, that first feeling of a relationship that you just, she does, you know, we talked about in, um, I think was it red where she's trying to describe these, those feelings of like falling in love and then being heartbroken. And she fell short a little bit when she was draw- drawing those analogies. I think this song is where she hits it right on the head yeah yeah and i think for me with i knew you were trouble i don't resonate with that feeling of like seeing red flags in someone and then pursuing it yeah but i do resonate with having a strong physical chemistry with someone knowing the relationship probably won't work out right and pursuing it anyway yeah um because the the pull is just so much stronger the attraction is so strong and it just can really overwhelm a lot of things like this song for me is like the end of my long relationship before game yeah several months before we started dating my ex called me and wanted me to come over and talk Mm. and i was driving there and i was listening to this song like god damn like this is it you know yeah yeah this is it we all know what this last visit is about and i wish i could stay away from you but And I know this relationship is not going to work, but here we are. Here we are. Did you have that initial reaction the first time you heard the song? Yes. Yeah. The first time I heard this song, I was like, Taylor Swift is also a sexual being, which I think we all knew. Yes. And she's very graceful. And like, as Harry Styles would say, there's a fine line here. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, it was the first time we got a song that had any sexual sexual energy. Yeah. 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 And so I think for me as, you know, a person in college who'd been in like a three year relationship at that point to have that song was like, Oh, okay. Thankfully, like finally Taylor has made a song about this topic that so many people can connect to, you know? Yeah. It was much more, it's much deeper sexually than it than any of her other like more platonic love songs Mm -hmm. 
one, it's just, yeah, another way she expresses things so well. And so to have that feeling and then to have her express it is really meaningful. How about Taylor's version? Do you do you feel there's any significant difference? Mm -hmm. I noticed this morning listening to them that her voice sounds totally different. And I had said in a previous episode with you, like, I do think the red Taylor's version sounds more like the original red. Yeah. But listening to them side by side, her voice sounds like a baby. Yeah. You mean the first time? Yeah. The first song. The original. The original she sounds one. like an infant. She does. And so it, it's like, while it's the same song, it 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 grew up and it's still relevant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she meant it back then and she those feelings don't go away when you have that attraction with someone. But now it seems, you know, like... She's an adult and still having those same thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And this is such a small little thing, but the way that she sings the words like it Mm -hmm. on the different ends of those choruses are slightly different than the original. It's like so nitpicky, but this is like one of my favorite songs off this album. So it's like you notice every little detail. Yeah, for sure. Well, do you want to jump in? Sure. So... We're going in um, already to just amazingness. Yes. um, Put your lips close to mine as long as they don't touch. Out of focus, eye to eye, till the gravity's too much. Yeah. I mean, we kind of already covered the fact that this is, you know, just that anticipation and that passion that you feel right before you act on that passion. Um, And... It's like you can't control it. Yeah. I love the out of focus eye to eye because if you're that close to someone, that person is out of focus. Yeah. But it's also a metaphor for your priorities are not not in focus because you're distracted, you know, yes, and by... then eventually the gravity will just bring it together. Um, And I, you know, and put your lips close to mine as long as they don't touch like that's just asking for it, right? Mm-hmm. You're that close and you're just like, okay, who's going to take the plunge first? Yeah, you're playing with fire. Yep. It's treacherous. It's the feeling of temptation and knowing that you shouldn't do something, but you're going to anyways. Yeah. And I'll do anything you say if you say it with your hands. So um, obviously, like, this is her first kind of bout of... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I remember hearing it the first time being like... Like, just actually so excited. Yeah. So excited that she said that. I think she, I have that she said in a 2012 Rolling Stone interview that I don't know if I'm interested in writing about blatantly sexual things out of the context of how it affects a relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should just totally say that co-writer Dan Wilson thought of it. I could get myself off the hook so quick. But so she, she's just admitting like, yes, these are things that I haven't sung about before, but they're mm-hmm. obviously things that she's thinking about. Yeah. And I think that is really significant because Taylor is a writer. Yeah. And in literature, something that our friend Allison, um, not Ace Arch, but our personal friend Allison told me during, well, no, it wasn't during the podcast. It was just in our conversations about literature, both of us like to read um, like fantasy, I guess, or like, you know, epic fantasy or romantic fantasy. And sometimes they can be a little smutty, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was talking to her about how irritating some sex scenes are in books and how sometimes they're really 
well done. And I can't really figure out what the difference is, but I know it when I see it. And she was saying that in literature, sex should be used to further the relationship of the characters or to like be a metaphor for their relationship and its progress. And that if it is just sex for sex, like you lose the reader. Yeah, that's fair. And I think Taylor as a writer sees the significance of talking about sex or any type of sexual act. And the fact that she uses it so like few and far between. Yeah, few, so sparingly. And so metaphorically mm-hmm. makes it really about the relationship, which is what makes them so much better than just like even in dress. That is a totally different album, obviously. But I think in that song as well, the sex is used to tell the story of the relationship. Yeah, to further it as yeah. opposed to just talk about it. Which I think is fine. You can also do that. Like, you know, people give female artists <laughs> like a lot of shit for just talking about sex for sex's sake, you know, like the WAP and all that. Yeah. But anyways. So um, moving on, I and I'd be smart to walk away, but you're quicksand. I mean, yeah. So she's she's realizing that this is a relationship, like we said in the beginning, that all the physical attraction is there, but it's probably not going to last as a lifelong relationship or even maybe even an extended, like a long-term relationship. But because the physical attraction is there, um, she can't because it's it's just pulling her in like quicksand. Mm-hmm. I think the I'll do anything you say if you say it with your hands is my favorite line. Yeah. Okay. Have we not gotten to yours yet? No. Okay. Make sure to let me know. Okay, so this slope is treacherous. So treacherous is like dangerous, right? Like walking an edge or a line. Yeah, it's usually meant to like unstable, hazardous, um, referring to like a slope or a mountain, which is, you know, she then goes on to say slope or path. Um, Like you would fall down it. Yeah. Going down that slope is high risk. Yeah. Uh, The path is reckless. So we all know that reckless is just in the criminal sense. It's not, Mm -hmm. there's no intent there. It's just a lack of regard for what you're doing. Right. Uh, This slope is treacherous and I, I, I like it. And this is one of those onomatopoeias. Uh Like I, you just like totally are like, okay, yeah, we we got that you like it. (laughs) So, I mean, I think overall this song, the way that the music is meant to sound is meant to sound like a climax. Oh, for sure. Like, it, I think that's very intentional. It's subtle because she's not like directly saying, you know, and, and that's more beautiful. Like, what a gift. So then, so when you say that those are the things you noticed in the difference between the original and Taylor's version, are they more heightened in Taylor's version or? Hmm. Honestly, I didn't notice a difference with that. Oh, I thought you said that that was when you know, like that was something you specifically noticed from this time. Yeah, no, I I think I've always thought that about this song. Okay, okay. Um, but I should probably go back and listen to like, does she seem more emphatic in certain points? I didn't notice it in particular. Okay, and I will say like the backup choruses at the end and stuff have always been really powerful. Like I was thinking this morning when I was listening, like, oh, I bet in the new version, like. You know how all of the backup vocals have been way stronger? Yeah. Like, they sounded really strong to me in the original version as well. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that's, I think, you know, this is the first inclination of it being like a sexual sound. Yeah. And then it just gets bigger. So verse two is, I can't decide if it's a choice getting swept away. I hear the sound of my own voice asking you to stay. So I think, I feel like it just shows like a, a, a lack of control, right? Like, you can't decide if you're you can choose if you're getting swept away. And I hear the sound of my own voice asking you to say so you're kind of like having an out of body experience like that. You're just like, you're not in control. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're speaking without thinking. You know what I mean? Like your body is on autopilot speaking for you. Right. Before you have the chance to actually think that through. Yeah. Um, and all we are is skin and bone trained to get along. So I just, <laughs> I just, so these are, this is my favorite line. Uh-huh. It's a really good one. But I think it, what makes it so much better, and we do, we know that this song is about John Mayer, so fine. But so much better is the 10 minute version of All Too Well. She says, when you're broke, Brooklyn broke my skin and bone. And so she's going, like, she's reusing this metaphor for like, all we are is skin and bone and like that's the bare minimum of what humans are and then in all too well 10 minute version she's like you fucking broke me Mm -hmm. and i just love the like reuse of that Mm -hmm. so it was my favorite it was my favorite it was my favorite line before and then it just got 10 times better when she included it again in the 10 minute version of all too well it's just beautiful to think of trained to get along like our bodies are the only thing that are working right in this relationship yeah and that's all we are there's nothing else realistically for us happening here but what a freaking amazing way to say it like (laughs) can you imagine trying to express that feeling in a be like yeah so the sex is good but (laughs) we're not really connecting yeah (laughs) forever going with the flow but your friction so um so yeah it's fr- opposites it you is know. yeah it's a complete opposite friction supposed to slow down an object's movement and in this case she's the object and um this guy is preventing her from moving forward mm-hmm. so then we go back into the chorus this slope is treacherous this path is reckless this slope is treacherous i i like it slightly slightly bigger than the first one yeah um and we're gonna go into a bridge Two headlights shine through the sleepless nights. She loves this imagery. She she mm, uses it cars again. Cars and driving. In the night. Mm-hmm. She does it in 1989. There, it's it's brought up a lot. Yeah. Um. I mean, I know it's in other songs. But she probably has a lot of like secret rendezvous. rendezvous because yeah. how else do you date? Yeah. Um. So two headlights shine through the sleepless night. And I will get you. Get you alone. Your name has echoed through my mind. And I just think you should think you should know that nothing safe is worth the drive. And I will follow you, follow you home. I'll follow you, follow you home. There's a lot. There's so much to unpack in this. Yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Okay. Well, two headlights is not just their two vehicles. It's representative of them as people. Um, And I will get you a get you alone. 
has like a sexual sound to it of yep. someone being like overcome sexually the way that she's singing it mm-hmm. as well as the fact that like it's hard to speak when you're that caught up yeah and so you s- kind of start to stutter i think that's the significance of both of all of those lines being kind of like repeated at the end or like cut you know yeah is you're really unable to speak like she's such on autopilot at this time that she just said like uh, w- will you stay the night or like can we stay the night together and just said that and didn't realize she did you know what i mean and so like trying to talk is like <laughs> right <laughs> what's happening you know um your name has echoed through my mind there's that's been used in other songs as well yeah like for sure. en- enchanted i think is one mm-hmm. and it's like yeah the the imagery of it of just like not being able to get this person out of their head his is rep is definitely through in a lot of songs and she says it slightly different but and know. follow you home we can use that as following the person home in the vehicle mm-hmm. to go to their house to stay the night as well as follow you home i think to climax yeah yeah for sure so there's a lot of depth in this bridge and then it goes back to the chorus except obviously Lynn and true taylor fashion she switches it up slightly and says this hope is treacherous this hope is treacherous as opposed to the slope is treacherous so she's she's admitting that you know there is no hope here no and (laughs) the daydream is dangerous so she's you know she's realized you know she's just gonna go for it but knows that it's gonna kill her in the end yeah and then we go into uh, what i think here is the crescendo of i i i before it goes back into that bridge back into that and then here we go taylor with a bridge that's being the most powerful moment of the song not a chorus no and so powerful that you use it twice like how often bridges are not used twice a bridge is literally used once to get from one place to another and yet she uses it twice here just to to end a song yeah (laughs) like as an outro and also i think there's something really beautiful about just admitting and having trouble admitting that you like something against your better judgment yeah like just saying i like it and just letting go admitting that yeah and saying okay i'm just gonna let my body do the talking now Mm -hmm. I, i it's so simple but it's so well done okay so we go back into that which we kind of already went through but Mm -hmm. ending on i like it i i I like it Mm -hmm. and it fades out damn what a song it is so what's your overall ranking let me grab my notebook so my overall ranking on her discography was number 30 okay mine was number 25 oh wow okay yeah um and then my ranking on the album was three mine's number two. Oh wow so it was just like slightly above for you in both yep <laughs> Ugh, I, I, and I just have such a strong personal connection to this song. It was weird realizing that this was about someone. Yeah, like no, looking at the so lyrics. Weird. It was so weird because I, you know, obviously Taylor, like that's one of the things that people do with her songs is try to say like, who's this one about? Because it, because she has is, is so much in the fa- in the 
public eye and dates in the public eye. And so people like to try to figure out who the songs are about. But this was one song that I just like, it never even crossed my mind that she wrote it about someone specific. You're right. It is left kind of vague because it's just about the physical attraction. It is. So you're not like, it's not like in um, State of Grace where she says, you know, like two blue eyes up in your Twin room. Twin fire signs. Twins, yes. She's not drawing parallels A to A scarf. It. There's no clues. We don't no. know. Like no. million dollar couch or you're from LA or whatever, you know. The closest we get is like gravity, you know, and that's like, but gravity can also be used in a, you know, gravity is was there before John Mayer wrote a song about gravity. Right, so. right. So you could still argue that it isn't. I think this song is really significant because as a female <laughs> identifying person mm-hmm. to talk about sex is so taboo and like she should be able to and women should be able to talk about sex blatantly but at this time like what a line she had to ride and how scary that must have been for her to put this out yeah but what how much that meant to women everywhere you know for sure but it's also like it's still one of those songs that you know you're 10 like a 10 year old girl can listen to and enjoy it and not be it have it like sex shoved shoved. in her face you know what i mean right like it's so subtle in a good way like you know it it's just has a lot of depth Mm -hmm. yeah there's so many layers in it yeah absolutely stunning breathtaking song thank you taylor swift yes So next, we are going to talk about Come Back, Be Here. And I think just quickly, I want to note the reason I paired these two together is just because they both seem to have a slight desperation to them, you know? Okay, I see that. Yeah. So they're both like, you know, I, I'm longing for this, this person. I think this is the same relationship as um, Message in a Bottle. Yeah. Okay. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I'm not saying I would have paired them together. Just I think it's the same story, um, which I read online was potentially. I don't know if it would have been Connor or Harry. Some people speculated Harry. But at this time, like we said, she wouldn't have met him. No. And there's no there's no hidden message because this was one of the um, the bonus tracks. It could just be honestly like a generic problem that she had in relationships of like you're trying to date and two people are international singers like how do you make that work or actor because i Mm -hmm. i you know i still kind of think it's about jake i i kind of have that in the back of my head but i don't Uh know why probably just because it's red you know what i mean and red seems to be primarily focused i always pictured connor and i have no real reason for that okay um (laughs) so just so you know Maybe people would say London, it's Harry Styles because it talks about London, but people can travel anywhere, right? Yeah, and and if you're an international movie star like Jake was at this time, like he's probably going to London too. Original connection to this song for me is really strong. Once again, like this episode, I'm just like, damn these songs. See, the funny, so this is one of those songs that I really didn't listen to until maybe when I started listening to red on streaming services because i did not end up getting the deluxe Mm. version of the album Mm -hmm. i only had the original version and so come back be here was never on it and then i moved 
to the UK when she had released the deluxe version and I wasn't driving. So I didn't have a CD player in my car. So I wasn't listening to the albums like that. Streaming wasn't really happening at this point. Yeah. And so it was, um, so it was one of those things where I didn't listen to the deluxe. I remember when we were at the pool and I showed you my like Taylor top 35 playlist or whatever. Yeah. You were like, whoa. I guess I need to give these songs more attention if you've like rated them so highly. And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah they're really do. good. <laughs> I mean, are we even friends? <laughs> this song for me is such a, like an ex- a specific period of time in my life, which was when I was living in France and Gabe and I had been together for three years when I moved to France and like I couldn't have been with him if he was like, don't go. Yeah, know? yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Got to do my own dreams, you know. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go live in France for a year. And partway through, uh, I guess five months in, he came to visit and he stayed for six weeks. Okay. And we traveled and we went to a bunch of different countries. And during that time, we got engaged. And it was very strong love 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 like overwhelming feelings of love because we had been apart for five months uh we traveled together traveling like you just have trials and tribulations like you just have stuff come up like oh there's a giant snowstorm we're we're snowed in london and like we have to stay at this random little inn that's from you know 1400 with this man and his dog sleeping by the fireplace, like random things that happen to you or like you miss a train and okay, what are we going to do? Problem solve. Like that made our relationship that much stronger. Plus getting engaged. Like I felt like I fell in love with him, like all over again. Yeah. In a deeper way, stronger sense. And like when he had to go home, I was like wrecked. Yeah. Like wrecked. And so I listened to this song the last, the whole time I was like after he left until I got back. And it was like, it got progressively harder and harder to be away from him yeah. at the end of that. You know what I mean? For sure. So this song, although it's about like falling in love for the first time, for me, it was a different situation, but still applicable. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I can definitely, I think everyone can probably, like I didn't listen to it when it was relevant because there was a period where um david and i were he was living in the uk and i was living here before i moved there and it would have this would have been like entirely relevant then especially since it was such a whirlwind of a romance when we first met and then Mm -hmm. he went back to the uk and i was still here but i didn't start listening to this until like recently yeah seven years after so i can see how it definitely would have hit me differently if i had been listening to it when it came out so I can like remove myself and put myself there and appreciate it. But because it, I wasn't listening to it at that moment, it doesn't resonate as much with me. Mm -hmm. I think what I really like about these songs is that the underlying feeling is longing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's really hard to convey. Yeah. And to convey well. Uh, And I think it's really impressive. I also really like, a feeling of like wistfulness, um, which is something else I think Taylor does well. But yeah. Do you want to read what she said at the release party? Yeah. So she told 
um, at the release party of the album in 2012 that Come Back, Be Here is a song I wrote about this guy that I met. You know, you meet someone and then they just kind of happen to go away and it's like long distance all of a sudden and you're like, but, 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 but come back, be here. So it's a song that I wrote about having distance separate you, which is something I face constantly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's like I was saying, I think ooh, it's probably a big problem for her. So she never confirmed the identity of the person, but many people assume it was written about Harry. And still like we've talked about that. Yeah. Doesn't someone let us know if there's a reason why that makes sense because as far as i know they hadn't met yet no and i think i've talked about this in a episode from the first season but like i specifically remember when the first photos of her and harry came out was when red was released and so like because it was red was released in November, October of 2012. November. November of 2012. I thought. Wait, maybe it was October. I think it was October because I I was still listening to it on the campaign. Yeah. So it was October of 2012. And then um, I was in the UK when this tabloid that I was – or not tabloid, but this like essentially the Daily Mail that I was reading mm-hmm. in a um, cafe in the UK with like a proper egg like you know proper english breakfast and i was reading and they had a picture of her and harry styles being like these taylor swift and harry styles are now a couple and i remember thinking oh my gosh taylor swift is dating someone from the uk and so am i <laughs> and so i have because i have that vivid memory i know that red was already released yeah well i saw something about the first time they met being like backstage at some awards ceremony i don't know when that would have been yeah I, I just don't think I mean, that... I suppose it's possible that they had been dating in secret prior to that. But still, so, mu- so much so that she was able to write a song, get it produced, and then release Red? Yeah, no, because usually album so- songs for an album are written pretty far in advance. Right, and that's why 1989 is presumably primarily about Harry. Okay, yeah. All right, well, anyways, the only time the song was performed is on the Reputation Stadium tour. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. And that was an acoustic performance. So she never performed it in the Red yeah, Stadium Tour. I guess not. Or rep- Red Tour. Um, I do think that the second, her Taylor's version is better than the first. Okay. The original. Why? Once again, I think it just sounds, it sounds more pleasant. It sounds more put together. Mm-hmm. Sounds more mature. And mm-hmm. so when she's singing of it, it doesn't sound as whiny. Yeah. I think part of that is her voice. Of yeah. course. And so like that's we talked why... about with that twang and fearless. Yeah. And so because it doesn't come off as like, come back, be here. It's more like, come back, be here. Yeah. It it resonates a little bit more than Interesting. The, the previous. I did notice this morning that she has a slight twang on both songs mm-hmm. on the original and there is no twang on either song in the re-release. Okay, yeah. So that could change like the whininess feel as well. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we also talked about Nathan Chapman not being a part of the production. That's true, yeah. He was one of the producers for the original album and then continued to work with... Big Machine. Mm-hmm. And since she's with Republic, she basically replaced Nathan Chapman with Christopher Rowe, mm-hmm. who we've brought up as, you know, he produced on Fearless as well. So, and then the production is amazing. It and is I'm so sure good. she can pay for... 
Yeah, I mean, now she has no problem. Like, yeah, which I'm not saying Nathan Chapman wasn't a great producer. No, but, but I yeah, he was a, he is a great producer. I think he's done a lot, a lot of stuff, like mm-hmm. not- noteworthy stuff, including original Red. But um, the subtleties yeah. on the production with Christopher Rowe are just They're phenomenal. <laughs> I think they just they move it from an a al- a great album to an epic album. And opinion. I honestly think like this re-release is better than the Fearless one. And I wonder if just them working together over a longer amount of time, you know, yeah. They've just been able to figure that kind of stuff out better. Okay, so you ready to move on to yeah. the lyrics? You said it in a simple way, 4 a.m. the second day. Once again, she loves those 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. times. Well, she wants to put us in a very specific place and time. Yeah. How strange that I don't know you at all. Stumbled through the long goodbye. One last kiss, then catch your flight. I mean, you know, she's just expressing, like, she's she's kind of writing a diary. I don't think it's the the... Um, language is too the second deep. day though yeah well exactly like this and is that's, early on for like these strong feelings and that's why i say like if i had listened to this when i was just starting with david like that was how david and i were too it was like the second day yeah yeah 4 a.m so yeah they were already together a lot as soon as they met right when i was just about to fall so that was right after we stumbled through the long goodbye, yeah. one last kiss, and catch your flight. Right when I was just about to fall. Mm-hmm. So she was, you know, she was on the verge of falling in love, and they left. Mm-hmm. This person left. Or do you think it could also be falling apart? Maybe. Like she wishes that person had been there for her when. That's true. That yeah, that's a good interpretation. I of don't it. know. I always thought of it as love I just had that thought anyways so pre-chorus I told myself don't get attached but in my mind I play it back spinning faster than the plane that took you I just love it (laughs) I love that like the spinning feeling of like nausea of being really in love that's a thing like feeling nauseous Mm -hmm. some would call it butterflies but like your brain is spinning your stomach spinning and the you know uh propellers of the plane are spinning as a metaphor for that yeah and the plane took the person as well like they didn't choose so it's not a choice for the person the person would stay if they could i think is what i get out of that what yeah, no, think? that's, yeah, for sure. I mean, and if the person's with you at 4 a.m., that person w- doesn't really want to go either. Mm-hmm. Like, if they, they would have said goodbye at 9, 9 p.m. if that was the case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> said I have an early flight. <laughs> <laughs> um, And this is when the feeling sinks in. I don't want to miss you like this. Come back, be here. Come back, be here. This I love the pinpointing of a specific feeling like the moment you realize something like the moment I knew like that really strong like it clicks with me. I understand what I'm feeling in the moment and like having that epiphany. Yes. Um, I guess you're in New York today. I don't want to need you this way. Come back. Be here. Come back. Be here. Yeah, and I think you probably feel 
guilty for wanting the person to come back because you know like they have to leave or there's no other alternative but you yeah. can't help but feel that way just like in treacherous right you can't really help like what's happening you know it's that, yeah it's that loss of control that desperation that you're just like trying to trying to have some sort semblance of control but it's just impossible because of how you're feeling mm-hmm. i'm curious what you think about verse two the delicate beginning rush gold rush the feeling you can know so much without knowing anything at all. Do you think it's like knowing so much about a person, like understanding them on like a soul level without really knowing a lot about them yet? No, I think it goes back to treacherous. I think it's still that that first, that overwhelming attraction that you mm-hmm. have the feeling you can know so much like i know in a biblical sense yeah or like know in the sense that like i what i'm feeling is so powerful and so strong that it's clearly lost as opposed without knowing anything else about you ah uh, yeah 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 i see that makes sense yeah i get that oh love talking to you about this it's <laughs> so fun and now that i can put this down if I'd known what I know now. I never would have played so nonchalant. So like where she's at in this moment of time, right? Like it's been two days into this relationship. His plane just took off. Mm -hmm. And she has this sinking feeling in the pit of her stomach like, oh shit, I'm falling for this person. So at this point, she's saying like, I wouldn't have acted so like nonplussed. Like I'm just not into you. If I had known or just chill, like, oh, yeah, have fun in New York, (laughs) like um, live it up. You know, one last kiss could have just been, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Okay, well, I'm going to. Yeah, like it was great night. Like, see you when I see you. I I almost think of because is it holy ground when she talks about the post-it note with the joke on it? Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I'm kind of just thinking like the first time you meet someone and you're like, oh, there's this element of attraction, but I'm going to try to keep it light by writing this little note on this post-it note, leave it on your door. So we have this like little like inside joke, but it's not anything serious. I'm not gonna, Mm. I'm just going to be nonchalant about it. But that was holy ground because that's the start of the relationship, you know? And And so is this. Right. This is just the start of it realizing that the person delicate beginning rush and that's like the same sentiment and delicate is like can i actually say how much i like you yeah without being a weirdo right like i know this is a delicate fragile thing and i'm going to come across as strange Vulnerable, if i seem so needy. intense yeah yeah um so taxi cabs and busy streets that never bring you back to me i can't help but wish you took me with you mm-hmm I like the way that those first two lines are sung. It sounds like what it's saying in a weird way. I don't know how else to say it, this, that it sounds like it. Onomatopoeia. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like, I know. you know, yeah. it's a different kind, I guess. Mm-hmm. Kind of like with Treacherous. Yeah. And then the took you with, took me with you is like taking flight. Right. In that moment. But taxi cabs and busy streets that never bring you back to me is beautiful it this is. the all is of that your favorite ones. line <laughs> i don't know i don't think i missed or i don't think i underlined one for this 
I think mine is I never would have played so nonchalant. Mm-hmm. I just like the word nonchalant. <laughs> and I like that she squeezes it in this song. I think my favorite line would be later on. Okay. So, well, I'm looking ahead to so let then, you know. So then she goes into the chorus again, and the only thing that's different is this time the, the person's in London, mm-hmm. not New York. So it's international travel. They're not just going to one place. It's just like we can't seem to get on track and right. be in the same freaking country. Right. All right. And the breakdown, whew, that's an actual breakdown, not just like, not just a breakdown musically. Like that is significant well, for how she's feeling. I think that's the end of the song though, isn't it? Um. No, no. I have a bridge here. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I think this is my favorite uh, line here. This is falling in love in the cruelest way. Yeah. This is falling for you when you are worlds away. That's a good line to have. Favorite line to have for sure. I always like love and cruel, like the dichotomy of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Pain happening simultaneously with, with love. Yeah, because that is like life is more complex and life is deeper. And I think like that's one of those things that's hard to convey that probably actually both of these songs do like putting yourself at risk see i am good at pairing uh-huh and then <laughs> this one she's like falling in love hurts at this point in time which is a like <laughs> that's a thing that really happens falling in love isn't always like this perfect little fairy tale that we get from a lot of her songs no, right it's not it's real Sometimes it's being nauseous in the pit of your stomach, mm-hmm. you know? All right. So um, in New York, be here, but you're in London. And I break down because it's not fair that you're not around. And then it kind of like the music sort of cuts out at that point in yeah. time. So the emphasis is on the chorus, which goes back through. This is when the feeling sinks in. I don't want to miss you like this. Come back, be here. Come back, be here. I guess you're in New York today. So... Uh, New York again, and I don't want to need you this way. Um, I don't want to miss you like this, and that's the outro. So there's where we take it out. I don't want to need you this way. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it. That's the only like different line, really. No, no. Okay, you want to go on to rankings? Sure. My, I don't think you're gonna like these rankings very Ooh, much. Oh no. <laughs> okay. My my overall ranking is 145. Ooh. Oh, I don't like that. No, you're right. What's yours? 35. Oh, gosh. Well, I think, <sighs> I mean, it had such an important place in your heart for when yeah. you loved it. Yeah. That's, That's why I'm saying sometimes I can't separate. Yeah. I mean, but this is beautifully written. It is. Uh, and potentially very underrated. Potentially. But sometimes you can look lyrically at a song and be like, oh, yeah. That's like objectively stronger written. But like, what? do i feel when i listen to it you know and then rank of album on the album is 25 oh minus four (laughs) so we did number three and four for you in this this app yeah that's why i was telling you i was so excited about this yeah and you were like one of them is definitely stronger than the other well which one do you think it is (laughs) um okay hmm. well for me it was treacherous as well so but not by a long shot no not like my huge huge difference well okay morgan on uh 
Tell me why. I have written that you have a theory. I do. Um, well, it's not a theory. So it's just this post that I found. And I don't know even how I found it because I'm not really one to find posts. But um, I... Perhaps I sent it to you. I, I, ho- I don't think you did, actually. That's why I am saying it now. Okay. So this... Because I took a screenshot of it. So I think I might have just like... come. I don't really know how I found it. But it's intriguing. So I think this person, um, well, so who it is, is at Mary's song, but it's M-E-R-Y-S-S-O-N-G. What it says is, you're going to have to listen intently to this because I still haven't wrapped my head around it. So maybe we can deconstruct it. Okay. Mirrorball is the archer for people whose all too well is treacherous. Oh, it's one of those A-B things we were talking about. Yeah. From like standardized testing. Hold on. Have I got a pen? Mirrorball is the archer. Mirrorball is the archer. For people whose all too well is treacherous. Just like daylight is New Year's Day. For people whose last kiss is white horse. Okay, well, well... I still have more. Oh, wow. And getaway car is cruel summer for people whose dear John is forever and always. Okay, well, I like the left song on every single one of those pairings better. See, I haven't dr- dr- drawn it out, so what are... so? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, so Mirrorball and the Archer, All Too Well and Treacherous, Daylight and New Year's Day, Last kiss and white horse, white horse, getaway car and cruel summer. Was there another one? Dear John and forever and always. Okay, dear John and forever and always. Yeah, for me this is actually really easy, which is weird because maybe they're onto something. My my preferred of Mirrorball and the Archer is definitely Mirrorball. Archer is ranked literally last in her discography for me. All too well, I love is definitely it for me over treacherous, which I love treacherous, but like it's all too well, duh. Daylight to New Year's Day, yes, I pick daylight. See, that's I don't. Okay, last kiss or white horse, definitely last kiss. Getaway car, cruel summer, both of them are freaking phenomenal. But getaway car, I would just have to pick it if I had to pick between. See, I would two I songs. Would pick, I would pick. Uh, and I, I mean, they are fucking. Dear John, over forever and always. So, like for me, it's it's clear, and it, it's. But do you agree left with? Side. Do you agree with the pairings? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, what I'm interested in is like, do you really believe? Do you really think that? So I, I see what where it is with Mirrorball and Archer. Mm-hmm. All too well and treacherous. Not really. They're different though, right? Because treacherous is like, I am attracted, but I know it's a bad idea to get into this. And all too well is reflecting back on moments throughout a relationship. Those are pretty different to me. Daylight and New Year's Day, I see as similar. They are very similar, but I, I like New Year's Day better. And I don't, I like daylight better purely for the, but it's golden. Yeah, that's fair. But I, I just love the, I, I, I fucking love New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. Last Kiss or White Horse. See, this is hard because it's really just, I don't think 
they're comparable. Mm-hmm. You don't think that they're A to B? No, because White Horse is very clearly about a dream that's been shattered, whereas last, I mean, I guess Last Kiss is kind of a dream that's been shattered. No, it's just it's a just, relationship you didn't think would end. Yeah. And then Getaway Car and Cruel Summer also I don't see as compatible. Mm-hmm. But Dear John and Forever and Always, yeah, because both of them are like, fuck you. <laughs> I see Getaway Car as the beginning of the relationship with, like, Okay, so like Getaway Car is she was dating Calvin and then she Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. The Getaway Car. Right. So that's like before Cruel, Cruel Summer, Summer happened. Yeah. They're not the same. Dear John and Forever and Always. They're both just fuck you. One is just Dear John, John Mayer fuck you, and the other one is Nick Jonas fuck you. Right. But do you <laughs> think they convey the same feelings then? You like you're saying it's it's fuck you for both of them? Yeah. Cause I mean, both of them are really strong heartbreak feelings. Well, yes, but just different heartbreaks. Right. Yeah. So you don't agree with this theory. I don't. Basically. But I just thought it was an interesting thing to discuss. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Tell me why. <laughs> I also have written for Taylor Trivia that you are going to quiz me. I, I am. And I had it it was like taylor swift's hardest trivia or something because but then you but then we had to cut it short so hold on we had to cut it short because morgan had to finish watching the bachelorette (laughs) that is not why we cut it short (laughs) say don't blame me uh bachelorette made me crazy okay hold on in which year was Taylor nominated for first time for a VMA? A, 2010, B, 2009, C, 2008, D, 2007. An AMA? VMA. A VMA. Video Video Music Award. The first time she was? Mm-hmm. This is, I told you, this was going to be a hard one. Two thousand seven. Let's see here. Oh, are they not going to tell me the fucking answer? <laughs> oh, yes, they are. Two thousand eight. Uh, Taylor was nominated for the first time for a VMA in two thousand eight for "Teardrops on My Guitar." Okay, but she didn't actually win until the following year for "You Belong with Me." Two thousand nine. Okay, ready for the next one? Yes. Where was Taylor discovered by Scott Borchetta? A the Bluebird the Cafe. Bluebird Cafe in yeah. Nashville. Okay. Yes, I've been there. Have a T-shirt. Woo! Yes, correct. In two thousand five, which animated movie did Taylor star in? Shark- the Lorax. Correct. <laughs> we did that one in our other. We did. Book. Um, how many specific London locations does Taylor mention in London Boy? Oh, um, A, 7, B, 9, C, 11, D, 13. <laughs> 7. I want to make a guess at this real quick. Okay. I, I mean, I would need to write them out to give you like a great guess. I just am thinking it's less and not more. I think it's 11. You think it's 11? Yeah, but I'm putting 7 for you. Onto the website. <sighs> 9. Nine. 
So Does it have them listed? Yes. Camden, Highgate, the West End, Brixton, oh. Shoreditch, Hackney, Bond Street, Soho, Hampstead Heath. Oh. Hampstead. The Heath. I don't remember that one. Yeah, it's um um huh, Stella McCartney and the ham um Stella McCart Queen on the Heath. Like it's in oh, her little like Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I probably didn't realize that was a location. Yeah, I lived there, so I knew them. Oh, good for you. Which of the following movie did Taylor not appear in? The Hunger Games, The Giver, Hannah Montana, The Movie, or Valentine's Day? The Hunger Games. She's not in The Hunger Games. Correct. Continue. How many Academy of Country Music Awards did Taylor win? Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Academy of Country Music Awards. I don't even ACMA. Know. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with eleven. Oops, wrong answer. Oh. Eight. Eight. Okay. When did Taylor release her first album? November twenty sixth, two thousand seven, September twenty ninth, two thousand seven, November twenty sixth, two thousand six, October twenty fourth, two thousand six. November. 2006. Oops, wrong answer. What is it? Is it 2006 though? October 24, 2006. I just figured it might be November because she seems to care about that month more. Which of the following statements is wrong? Taylor wrote the song Forever and Always about John Mayer. Taylor's first album sold 39,000 copies in the first week. Taylor was originally going to call the album Speak Now Enchanted. Taylor's brother's name is Austin. Um, so I think the first one is wrong. Can you read me the second one again? Taylor's first album sold 39,000 copies in the first week. I, I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to go with the first one being wrong. Yes. Because it's about John. Yes. Correct. Because it's about Joe, jo- Joe Jonas. Mm-hmm. What song did Taylor write for her high school talent song? Mary's song, our song, picture to burn, Tim McGraw. Picture to burn. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, our song. Yeah. Yeah. I remembered it now. She wrote it in math class. For the talent show of her freshman year in high school about a boyfriend with whom she did not have a song. Mm -hmm. What was Taylor's job growing up? Regular chores like taking out the trash, washing dishes, (laughs) feed the cows, Mm -hmm. make the branches of the Christmas trees have a pattern. Pick the praying mantis pods off the trees. <laughs> These are very random. Uh, yeah. Um, pick the praying mantises. I don't know. Congrats. You have Yay. It seemed oddly specific, you know. Swift was raised on a Christmas tree farm. She said once, we all had jobs. Mine was picking the praying mantis pods off of the trees, collecting them so that the bugs wouldn't hatch inside people's houses. Ew. <laughs> I don't know how many questions there are. Do you want me to continue? Or let's maybe just save them. We're yeah. stopping. That's 10. Okay. I feel like I did pretty well. We didn't write down how many I got. We didn't, but, but I think you did okay. <laughs> Subpar. All right. Okay. And now lastly, plug slash we'll write your name. I'm not singing it. I was going to say, hmm. <laughs> uh, Morgan, <laughs> uh, Morgan, h- how about you plug us? Okay. So 
in the notes for the episode, there will be a link that is our buy, our buy us a coffee link in the episode description and on our website. And it's buy us a whiskey. And like we said in the last episode, we're not actually using this money to buy us whiskeys or coffee. It just helps to us. Maybe you send us some whiskey money for Morgan's birthday. Oh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> you actually do love drinking whiskey. I do whiskey. love whiskey. Um, next is we have linked the um, Casa website so please uh donate if you have or you can volunteer and they also have advocacy strategies on their website and as always follow us on social media email us um especially about the stuff that we've been saying like if you have thoughts let us know um follow us on insta and tiktok tiktok yeah at swifterhood podcast and twitter at swifterhood p and email swifterhoodpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, um, we're going to go celebrate Morgan's birthday. Cheers. Mwah. Cheers.